Hello, and welcome to the Real Estate Investors Lounge. Join us as we cover a multitude of real estate-related topics with some of the brightest and most experienced minds in the industry. Our goal with The Real Podcast is to provide information, strategies, and insight on how to navigate the current and upcoming Canadian market. We use the experiences, knowledge, and the expertise of our guests and professionals in the field and offer it all back to you, the listener. We hope you enjoy the show. Be sure to check out our website at www.reilounge.ca. We're your hosts, Brian Fitzgerald, Erica Spencer, and Jay Shaw. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast of the Real Estate Investors Lounge. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Jay Shaw. I get a a little uh, post-it note from Erica saying, I've gone out for nachos and I'll be back later. Um, But more importantly, our guest on this podcast is an absolute go-getter. He's a 15-year firefighter, has competed on the world stage when it comes to the FireFit competition. I bet you didn't think I was going to talk about that, Ahrefs. And he's competed. Yes, thank you. <laughs> he's competed all over the world and broken even some records on the FireFit competition. But most recently, he settled down with his new wife in Wee Old Sudbury, and is going to share a bit of his investing story with us. Basically, the takeaway from all of this, folks, is that even heroes and athletes invest in real estate. So, more importantly, let's talk to Trevor. Uh, Trevor, how are you? First of all. Awesome, buddy. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on your show. This is my first time doing this. I'm excited. Awesome. And uh, I could be more happier to be with you guys. Beautiful. Beautiful. Brian, I'm getting goosebumps from that uh, introduction there. It was How good, wasn't it? Introduce any of my other guests like it this. It was good. It was good. I mean, I could have gone into more goosebumps. detail. We'll just leave it at that. It was very well rehearsed. <laughs> so I'll I'll kick it off, Trevor, just because I don't know anything about you. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, background, and uh, how you've made the acquaintance of, uh, of uh, my esteemed co-host. Well, um, so yeah, it's a little bit about myself. I've been a firefighter for 15 years. Um, and like Brian said, I do a firefighting competition called the Firefighter Combat Challenge. I'm going to uh, bolt my head a little bit. I am a five-time world champion. Bam. And uh, I met Brian. He had a um, little side business. Um, hustling uh, t-shirts, firefighter oh, t-shirts. Trip down memory lane. And I was his, uh, I was his poster boy. Um, about uh, Brian and I became really good friends. Uh, always kept in contact. Uh, he helped me other times in the way here. Uh, so yeah, off that little tangent. Um, I uh, grew up in Sudbury, Ontario. Uh, moved to Brampton. Uh, started my career as a firefighter there. Um, and then I came back to Sudbury 11, 12 years ago. Firefighter here now. And then uh, now I have a big passion for real estate. Love this stuff. Awesome. So what made you actually get started in real estate? Was Like what was the, the trigger point or the uh, the jump in the pool point for you to make it a uh, start in real estate? Well, when I came back to Sudbury, it was hard taking a big pay cut. I took that pay cut because I basically lost all my firefighter seniority. It takes um, four or five years to get that back. That was kind of depressing. Uh, so I needed to figure out a way to uh, kind of make up that lost income. I don't like stepping backwards and things I always want to move forward. 
I started picking uh, my captain's brain. Uh, He had done really well for himself. He's quite wealthy. Um, And so he he got me kind of hooked into finances. He right away told me, like, you got to read Rich Dad Poor Dad, The Wealthy Barber. So that was my introduction to uh, finances. And then I picked up a couple more books along the way there and started picking his brain. And uh, so he was kind of my introduction. Uh, he's living a beautiful cottage on Lake Muskoka right now. So if I can uh, be like him one day, I'll be quite happy. Good aspirations. Yes, I think the big, I think the biggest thing that we've uh, we've learned, Trevor, just from from uh, you know speaking with the number of guests, is is a big difference between what made you get into real estate and how did you get started. Because I think you probably agree with us. The first house is always the hardest for for any investor. So, how did you get your start? Like, what uh, what was that kind of aha moment for you to kind of go out there and pull the trigger? So, my uh, there's a couple of aha moments. I was forced into one. I moved back to Sudbury and needed my mom didn't take long for her to kick me out of the house again. Uh, so, I needed to find a place to live and uh, rent. I I just didn't want to rent. I wasn't comfortable. Paying somebody else's mortgage, I would rather have someone pay mine. Um, so my first property was a semi-detached with a in-laws in the basement. Uh, so the reason why I got into that one, because it was a great location for student rentals, and the tenant that was already in the basement basically paid the whole mortgage. That kind of, uh, that felt good, and that's how I became my goal, that I would never pay my own mortgage that somebody else always would. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that's pretty good. So that one was, that one was, a, okay. it was just a, like a two unit or so you had the person that, in the basement and they were covering the rent and then you lived in the upstairs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I lived upstairs and then the uh, basement covered my mortgage and then eventually I had a roommate with me live upstairs and uh, then I was making money. Awesome. So that was a nice feeling to be making money living free. For sure. So obviously we know where you invest Sudbury, but why, why Sudbury? Is it just strictly familiarity or what is it for you that, that yeah, is the draw to Sudbury? That's exactly. I, I'm familiar with it. Um, I study this market. I watch houses nonstop. I look at rent nonstop. Um, and it's Sudbury's kind of a niche market. Um, I feel like something's almost a little bit of a bubble. The mines here uh, control Sudbury quite a bit. Uh, when they're doing well, Sudbury's doing well. And when they're not doing well, Sudbury kind of falls into a dip. Uh, so it's pretty easy to predict. Um, even when uh, it was 2008, there's a little bit of a market crash then, everyone knows about. Sudbury didn't really get it. There's still lots of money going through Sudbury. It just seems safer. It seems safer. It's more of a, a slow and steady with the race type of thing. Um, and then, like, I've, I've looked at investing in, actually, Hamilton. I almost bought a condo in Hamilton. I looked at a couple of places in Barrie. I, I was going to uh, broaden my horizon a little bit, uh, but it just doesn't make sense. I like being able to touch the places. I like being able to work on them. I like being able to deal with tenants. Um, it is working, so I don't think I'm going to change it uh, right now anyways. 
So talk to us a little bit about um, kind of the, the external factors, right? Because I don't think a lot of the investors that we've had on the program have been investing, like you said, in the, in the GTA. Um, we haven't really had anyone that's kind of gone, you know, north of Barry, right? Um, but talk to us about some of the external factors that really helped you choose Sudbury. I know you talked about proximity, um, but what does the local market look like, number one? And number two, what kind of drew you to that? Local market's pretty strong. Um, as far as purchasing, Sudbury is still relatively cheap. I think most people think that it's expensive, but if you look just south of us, Perry Sound Barry, uh, we're not even close. Um, you can still pick a property that's cheap, and there's lots of renters. You don't, uh, there's lots of renters looking for quality units. There's not a whole lot of quality units. There's a lot of people that are just going together in basement apartment in Lost Suite, um, in rough areas. It'll really big factors for me and Sudbury is about the students. We have, uh, two colleges, university. School of Architecture and Med School, or kind of the medical uh, hub of North Ontario. Um, there's lots of students going through here, so new rentals is a no-brainer here. Um, expensive books for them to live on a campus and their residence and stuff, so they much rather rent uh, rent rooms out. Um, yeah, so those are the factors uh, why I chose why I choose Sudbury. Do you find that? Um like the tenant clientele, is there like a high turnover rate there? The, my students are relatively high. Um, every September, I'm usually putting new students in. But when I say it's high, it's not hard to get. Um, usually they find each other, word of mouth, um, to rent my units out because they are decent units. And I, I like to have a good landlord and good to them. Um, so it, it's high in a way, but it kind of just rolls on its own. Uh, as far as single families and um, people that are working in Sudbury, I have uh, one tenant. I've actually had several tenants that live out of town. They live in the GTA or they live out west and they just fly in for work. And so same thing there. They kind of just keep finding themselves. Um, if so, they do turn over. It's pretty easy for myself, pretty easy to find uh the previous building, the room or unit, sorry. Okay. Uh, then as far as like single families, I would say they stick around for a long time. Um, yeah. It's not hard to find a single a single family to rent out a place here. Yeah, those usually are easier to rent out. So in your portfolio, uh, we've talked about student rentals. You've got single family. So is that what you your portfolio is comprised of is single family homes and student rentals or is there anything else in there? So right now I have, yes, two of them are strictly students, one is a single family where I will eventually be putting uh, a second unit in the basement. I imagine could be students there. And in the process of completely renovating a fourth one right now, it would probably be two families. Uh, up and down. Um, yeah, so single-family students are kind of my niche. I would definitely like to get into some more multi-unit properties, uh, try that out. I know the, uh, the old saying is this, don't change a good thing, but I wouldn't mind. i get a little bigger and do something different. 
big jump. I know a lot of people like to say that they like to make the they muse about you know making the move to uh, you know to multifamily. I think that's it's a totally different beast, right? And I know just like from our own experiences, we don't own any multifamilies. We managed a couple multifamilies, and I mean, we have duplexes like you, but you know um, having you know a triplex, a 12plex, a 15plex, like it's, it's a whole other beast. So, I mean, uh, how do you, how do you it, find managing it? Completely different? It was, it was challenging, right? It was challenging from a management standpoint just because it was, uh, everything was a little bit more complex. There's more personalities to deal with. I think that's, you know, it's one of the things you'll probably talk about this too, is just like when you, you know, dealing with tenants, right? Is that, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of personalities you have to deal with, right? And at the end of the day, you know, it's not, not always easy, but anyways, I digress. Um, so Trevor, like your, your, so your kind of investing strategy, like, so you're buying, um, you know, student rentals, um, legal duplexes, like, are you more of a long-term investor? Like, are you doing like flips and rentals? Like what, what's your kind of investor investment strategy? I feel like right now it's kind of a tipping point for me. My strategy is changing. Um, it's changing right now. So it started out, everything I was buying had an in-law suite because I was moving into them. My first one, uh, it had the in-law suite. When I moved out, I rented up both units. I'm going to do the same thing. The third one, the same thing. But now, I just kept them along the way. So now those units uh, have equity in them, uh, generating good cash flow. So... I just purchased a property that it's uh, mine. The whole pro- the property is completely mine, but it actually has a detached in-law suite part of the garage. I'm still kind of sticking with that strategy. I really like the in-law suite. It's, it's easy. Um, and it generates good money just to pay for my personal house. But the in the last two rentals I bought were, uh, actually, let's just off the show, the RRRs. So buy, rent, buy, renovate, finance, and rent. So did one of those in December, and it worked out phenomenal. They will get uh, every single every dime I put into it back, and make a good residual at the end of the month. The one I'm renovating right now, it's a big renovation. It's got top to bottom, inside and out. Uh, but I got that got it for a great price. I, I did the numbers properly, it will uh, completely pay for itself again. Um, it'll it's really interesting. Return. So talk to us. Oh, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it'll make a bigger return. But then now I want to get into multifamily. So I like to just get everything into one big building if I can see if that uh, frees up some of my time. So talk to us a little bit about the the per strategy, right? Um, because a lot of people are always, we hear that when we talk with clients and the first thing is they think it's really easy in terms of being able to um, in terms of being able to refinance a property. Talk to us about the, the steps involved in that and I imagine it wasn't a uh, an easy process for you. It was really hard to get my head wrapped around the idea of pulling the equity out right away. I didn't like that idea. I've always wanted equity built into it until I needed it. Um, so Sitting down, doing the numbers, kind of figuring out if my refinances, you know, I add eighty percent. What what am I getting back? Am I going to cover my own cost? Well, you're going to be able to cover it with with the rent. 
so that was quite quite a learning process. A lot of uh, a lot of numbers crunching on that one, and uh, it, it it makes sense. It uh, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. It um, it worked. I guess that's probably why I liked it. That's why I decided to do it uh, do it again, but on a bigger scale. So the like obviously you t- we're talking about Sudbury and being kind of like a different market than majority of Southern Ontario. Just give me an idea, and 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 for the listeners too, what. What's the average price maybe for a typical single family home in a decent area, you know, like a three bed, one bath, three bed, two bath in, in Sudbury? It would be three bed, two bath, but they have a full house. It would be, you could definitely get 16, 17 plus. Um, if you're getting a three bed, one bath and it's a unit, it's would be easy to get fifteen plus. Okay. Um, what are you picking up these properties yeah. for, though? Like, what's the the purchase price of the property itself? The first bear I did picked it up for one forty. Um, put ten grand into it, and I rented out for seventeen plus. Wow. That's what I refinanced. Yeah, Brian, we're going to Sudbury. Apparently. Gas up to F-150. We're on our way to Sudbury. That's insane, eh? Mind you, though, I put 10 grand in with a partner who was a contractor. But he was working at a really reduced rate. So that was basically just materials and some labor for his guys. But mm-hmm. that's, uh, wouldn't have been much more. So it wasn't a whole lot of work. But it refinanced for 200 That's why uh, it'll pay myself back, pay him back. We both walked away and walked to the next one. That's awesome. That's that's the one that I slept with you in the basement. That's the one the upstairs. Oh, okay. but they have it all out. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, all the properties you buy are not necessarily turnkey, but when you were talking about maybe evolving your strategy into multi units, are you? Do you find yourself leaning more towards like finding stuff turnkey? Or are you still up for the task of like taking? St- taking projects on if i'm on my own i like i'd rather be closer to turnkey i I find i'm spending way too much time doing minor repairs and running around to the units right now i don't want to spend more of my off days um but if i do with my partner um he wants big projects so i'm quite happy to pull by a big project and he takes care of the uh rentals and I do the financing and the, the paperwork and the rent and the uh, landlord and stuff. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So Trevor, just, um, you know, let, let's go back. Cause I mean, you've, you've talked about a few properties and a few projects that you've been working on. Walk us through kind of, you know, your first deal, right? Cause we talked about kind of the challenge in terms of kind of pulling the trigger on that first one. Walk us through your first deal, and most importantly, um, I think a lot of the listeners are going to want to know, like, how did you finance that first deal? Because, I mean, I mean, uh, putting the twenty percent down on your first deal is is not always easy, right? And finding that money. So, how did you go about doing that? Because you're gonna laugh, actually. So, my first deal was that that semi. Uh, it was one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I didn't have any savings. But thankfully, at that time, it was zero down. And you can mortgage for you can advertise for thirty years. That's why I got in the first one. Oh my um, god! 
That's yeah. incredible. And it still still covered the cost. It was, it, it, it was scary to me. I was terrified to do it. I thought, oh, something had just boomed. Um, this house should have been worth seventy, eighty thousand dollars another semi. That's what they were worth five years ago, and I couldn't get my head around. Oh my god, this is so expensive. What am I doing? And it was the best thing I ever did. Just it made so much sense. But the deals after that were all five percent down. I just kept saving money, put five percent down. Um, but now the bigger deals, now I have five percent down because I have equity in hand, cash. It's uh, it's it, it's fun. It's fun. It's daunting. It's a little little scary sometimes. Now it's for me, anyways. I'm, I'm moving over big money, and hopefully, you get a bigger return. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I know you kind of broke down your your Burr method there, and uh, is there any can you is there any other deals? that you can think of off the top of your head that you could break down for us, like from from purchase price to maybe renovation costs and then what your mortgage is and then what your cash for, like what your rents you're getting? Uh, so I'll give you, I'll give you the, I'll give you two examples. One example is a bigger duplex that I have. Um, it's a three and three. I bought it for two seventy six. Um, I also lived in it at one point, and I moved out. I bought two seventy six, put five percent down on it. The upstairs rents to students for eighteen inclusive, and the basement rents for sixteen inclusive. My cash flow on that, I'm putting easily uh, over a thousand dollars a month in my pocket. After that's, that's fantastic. After my that's crazy. That's great. It's, uh, it, it works. It makes sense. Like the you're getting eighteen hundred for a three bedroom upstairs. Like is this place yeah. like just mint condition too? Like your students typically you you're not going overly overboard with high end stuff. So I mean, how nice is this place that you're getting eighteen hundred? It's uh, the upstairs is, is it's all right. It's decent. It's not high end by no means. The cupboards are a little banged up. The walls are a little bit banged up because it's the students' money. But right. it's big. It, it's a nice unit. It's it for them to pay eighteen hundred dollars. Um, is cheaper than them living in a dorm with six other people. So it, it makes sense for them. Basement a little smaller. It's a little darker. Um, usually, I get three guys that want to live down there, and they're quite happy because they get uh, they get a car and a half detached garage. They like to hang out in the garage. Um, it's 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 a decent house, but it's not a top end rental that I would put uh, like a, a long term family in. Right. So I'll kind of give you the numbers too on the one I'm doing right now, just because I'm like in the middle of it. So what I'm doing right now is in a good area. It is a tear down. It, it, the house should have been condemned at one point. So. I got a really good deal on it. I picked it up for $97,000, which is unheard of. Uh, I plan on putting 60, 70 into it. My gets with a contractor who's our partner, so I'm getting a break um, on his work. And that'll be, that'll be 
a three up and a one plus den in the basement. They'll be pretty well brand new. I figure this legal duplex will be worth two forty two fifty. We're done. Wow. It'll generate fifteen fifteen plus up and a thousand plus down. That's incredible. So you're gonna pull your equity out of that one after, like have it appraised and pull your equity out. We'll make equity out of that one. We'll pay. Uh, we'll pay each other, and we'll put some. Uh, we'll probably. Well, we'll definitely we'll take some cash out of that one, and uh, hopefully, he wants to do another one. We have a really good system. I want to keep going with them. Very cool. So, Trevor, are you are you renting these by room? Or are you renting them by floor? Like, I mean, these numbers are fantastic. So, I'm just wondering, by like, floor. Is it by floor. Yeah, we have to in Sudbury. Yeah. Okay. Um, don't, don't tell anybody all these numbers, then, by the way. I guess I shouldn't be saying that. Oh, don't worry. Nobody, <laughs> nobody listens to Rents this. Rents are super low. Very expensive up there in Sudbury. <laughs> Nothing's going on. Don't worry and, about and it. Mind you, like, I'm seeking out these deals. I'm seeking out these deals. I'm working on these deals. I watch these houses on stop. These are, these are deals I'm getting. But uh, they, if you just you can buy a regular duplex, you're going to make money. So how does it work, like um, with student housing in uh, in Sudbury? So you mentioned that you have to rent them out by floor. You can't rent them out by room, right? Is there like um, you know, like is there a maximum of how many how many kind of people you can have in a house? Like, I mean, is there a licensing or anything like that, or what does that look like? Um, they have to zone properly, um, right? As long as it's two leases or like well, that floor has a lease for all the right. leases. I don't make I don't make up three separate leases. Uh, right. I'm okay. Um, yeah, I think that's there. what it is for a lot of housing <laughs> yeah. too, right? As long as they're on one lease and you know in zone properly, you're fine. So yeah, yeah. And there's the uh, there's so many students here. There's not enough housing. The as long as you, you have a good house, you maintain the yard, you take care of it. They're not not a frat house, not throwing parties down, block parties. It's, it works. It's easy. It, it, the city will leave you alone. Um, it's, the city said is pretty good. Right. Okay. Um, so I guess the other side of it is, you know, I mean, I think what uh, prevents a lot of people from even getting started is just this fear of what happens if the market tanks. Did that fear ever set in with you or like when you got started? Like, did you ever stop to think, you know, what if this doesn't work out? It did for the first couple, just because I didn't quite understand the real estate market. Um, I truly don't think the market's going to tank anytime soon anyways. I think it, it goes up and down. and um, It definitely was a fear, but I don't know, nothing venture, nothing gained, right? I think if you don't jump in, you don't try, you're not going to get anywhere. And some people are okay with it, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, for us, um, I think we're all go-getters and we'd like to see what we can, uh, we can accomplish. Um, so I know we talked about different styles of properties and different projects, but what characteristics are, are typically most important to you when you're looking at a property? Like these properties you're seeking out, what's, 
what's the big factor for you normally? Location. It, uh, location for sure. There's real bad areas in Sudbury, and you're going to get not uh, eight tenants, that's for sure. Uh, so for me, my fallback is always the students. If I can kind of uh, kill two birds one stone and put a single family in a house that's close to a school, I know that I'll always go fall back to students. Location's um, huge. Then after that, it's the numbers it doesn't make sense. How much money am I going to have to uh, put into this? How much? Uh, what's my return? Um, but yeah, the, the location is the, uh, by far the biggest one for sure. actually pretty interesting because you're basically you're tapping two markets like you said right and if one doesn't i like that that's like a nice cushion if this doesn't work out it's easily rented out to students and no problem there and so are you charging the same would you be charging the same rents per floor whether it's a family versus students no the the family's all is a little bit cheaper okay Um, the only reason why yeah, the reason why students a little more just because of the turnover and uh, the few times and utilities. Um, but yeah, it'd be a little bit more, or sorry, a little bit less with the uh, single family. Okay, cool. So Trevor, um, you know, being a landlord, what have you learned about dealing with tenants and dealing with people and uh, and and kind of making the jump from, you know armchair quarterback of you know potentially jumping in to jumping in and now you know dealing with uh you know not a couple tenants but uh you know more than more than a few let's put it that way okay treat them like people um you you treat them like you would treat your friends be good to them uh i try to help my tenants out if if they're a little bit late on rent and um give them a little give them a little leeway i i I might be too soft sometimes, to be honest with you. Uh, but it, so far, it's worked for me. I'll, I'll be their buddy. I'll bring them a case of beer every once in a while. I'll bring them some pizza. Um, just, I just want to make sure that I'm good to them so that they're good to me. Um, at, the, at the same breath, though, you still have to be a landlord. You still have to be stern if they do go outside the rules. Um, but I try, I try to stay pretty close to them. Try to be one-on-one with them. They're, uh, they're, it's, they're paying for, uh, an expensive property. Um, I want them to take care of it. I don't want to, I don't want to look at them just as, as a paycheck because that's not what it is. It's a, it's a long-term thing for me. I want these places to be, uh, be in good condition for the next little while anyways. Cool. Well, what would you say is the, is the biggest challenge you've, you've had to overcome in your real estate investing career? I manage with the big thing for me. I am nonstop on MLS, which is the next one. What I have didn't even close the one I'm working on right now. It, uh, well, that and just running to the properties. I have to be, uh, I try to ask for more help now. Um, at some point, if I do get a multi-unit, I'll look at getting a property manager. Um, time is, a big, is probably the biggest challenge. The, the next one is to, just taking a deep breath and uh, get the uh, windows are open and it's 40 below. What am I going to do? The lights have been on for two and a half weeks. What am I going to do? And just not letting the, uh, the little stuff worry me. Just 
relax. It, it, it's good. The income's good. Um, it's, I can't, uh, I can't control everything. I think that's the biggest thing is you can only you can only control what you can control, right? I think you can only mitigate risk as much as you can, but things are gonna go things are gonna go sideways. And I think the other, you know, it's not easy, right? And I think the biggest thing, like you say, is you know treat treat them like people and you know work with them as opposed to working against them. But I think the big thing that we always tell people is that you have to remember that this is a business, right? You are a landlord, and at the end of the day, you know we always try and tell our clients when Brian and I go meet with investors that don't allow your tenants problems to become your problem because at the end of the day, they'll have a mortgage to pay and, you know, you have to kind of do what's best for you. But at the same time, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. You learn a lot about people and how to deal with people in this business. And I think you see people at their best, but you also see them at their worst, right? And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't always make it, uh, make it easy. It's work, right? People think that, uh, some people say it's easy. Some people say it doesn't make sense to do it. It's work, and you treat the problems like a job. You, there's always a solution. You work towards it, and uh, you always come out ahead. Yeah, and I think the other piece too, and we always tell people this, is that if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, right? That's true. But I mean, there are there are trade-offs, right? I mean, we had a guest on a few weeks ago, and I mean, she made a really good point about the different trade-offs, right, in terms of kind of doing this job and, and how that works. So um, so let's switch gears a little bit, Trevor. I, mean, I think this is yeah. kind of fitting by your round, no pun intended. All right. Let's do um, um, so we just have a few, we asked the, the same series of questions to all of our guests to try and uh, kind of generate um, some interest and, and, and get your thoughts. So Trevor, where do you see yourself in 12 months? Ah, 12 months. Uh, as far as my investing, I, I do want another property or two. Uh, hopefully one is a multi-unit. Uh, but ultimately, I see myself sitting on my dock. Uh, I just purchased a waterfront property. I need a little bit of uh, TLC. And I want to enjoy uh, the fruits of my labor. I want just to uh, just take it easy and uh, enjoy the lake. That's for sure. Good for you. Where do you see the market in the next 12 months? Uh, I think interest rates are going to keep creeping up uh, for Sudbury's market anyway. I think it's going to stay soft. I think it's a good time to invest. There's deals out there. Um, yeah, I, think, I don't think it's going to be boom or bust. I think it's just going to stay soft. Trevor, this is the part where you tell people that Sudbury is going to be hit very hard and there's nothing going on there, right? So yeah. don't tell me Sudbury. We're going to have to and prep you, you on these questions next time. <laughs> if you do, give me a call to your partners. <laughs> um, where do you see, uh, who do you learn from, Trevor? I have a couple of mentors. Um, one of them is uh, the firefighter that got me into it initially. I, I call him constantly. Um, for information, um, actually another firefighter as well who's in real estate. I, I take his brain nonstop. Um, I'm my mortgage broker, pick his brain nonstop. And Brian, how many times have I uh, given you the old late night phone call and asking you questions about uh, about my deals and do anything I should do and negotiation? It happens probably too often. Do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll be sending you a bill. 
<laughs> well, I won't be calling you anymore then. <laughs> uh, so, Trev, um, if you're a reader, uh, what are you currently reading? And if you're not a reader, what podcast are you currently listening to? Now I'm reading the four hour work week, uh, by Tim Ferriss. I listen to Tim Ferriss's podcast as well. Enjoy that. Um, Ben Greenfeld. I like his just for, uh, the fitness world and you guys, you guys have been awesome. I, uh, this is the one you just put out today. Very, very uh, impressed. You guys are, you guys are killing it. Uh, what else do I have here? I'll go with that. I have a couple more, but I can't think of the top of my head right now. All right. Is it over to me? You got it. Wake up. Oh, awkward silence. There. I thought <laughs> I had to keep answering that question. <laughs> I thought you were going on and on there. I was waiting for oh, I can. Uh, I can give you some more if you want. I'll keep going more and more. No, I'm kidding. Um, the Randy okay, Show. <laughs> okay, go, go ahead. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Um, here, here's one for you. If you could do one different, one thing differently in the last year, what would it have been? I don't know. This last year's been good. I closed uh, three properties. Got engaged and married. Traveled to Europe a couple times. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe try not to be so busy. I can't. I can't. Uh, last year's been, this last year's been good. I can't really give you anything there. That's not necessarily a bad thing. So don't worry about it. Congratulations on not having to do anything differently in the last year. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Wish we could all be perfect like yeah, you, Trevor. Exactly. <laughs> I'll teach you for a small fee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trev, what advice would you give to those sitting on the fence, just watching, like with real estate investing? What would you say to them? Jump in. It's, uh, it's a scary leap, but it's worth it. I tell everybody I talk to, if you just had one investment property, it into a little a little bank. It'll make it won't make you rich, but it'll just make life a little bit easier. Um, yeah, just do it. The market's it's not going to crash. I don't, well, I'm not a professional when it comes to that, but I don't think it's going to crash. Uh, and even if it does, go buy another one. Good man. Well, Trev, uh, that concludes all the, the questions that we had that we wanted to, to pick your brain. And, uh, that's fun, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, did you finish the box of wine? I finished a big glass of it, but I think I'm going to have another one now. Good for you. Good for you. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, on on behalf of myself, Jay, and, and Erica, and the Real Estate Investors Lounge, thanks uh, a great deal for making the time to sit with us and, and go through these questions and let us pick your brain so that people realize investing in real estate isn't that scary. And I mean, if Trevor has nothing in the last year that he would do differently... Maybe you could be like that too. <laughs> but maybe uh, there was one. There's one deal I should have pulled the trigger on, but that, that's probably it. There it is. Okay, you're human. All right, there, good it is. to know. There's my regret. Awesome. So, Trevor, if people are interested in uh, learning how to have a perfect life and not willing to change anything in the past year, they can. Uh, you don't mind if we uh, put your contact information in our show notes? Please can reach out to you, or if they're interested, in, they're interested in Sunbury and you know anything that's going on out there. I would love that. If there's never anybody who wants to do a joint venture or even just pick my brain. 
I'm not uh, not professional by no means, but I'm learning, and uh, I'd love to help anybody else if possible again. Awesome, beautiful. Well, Trev, thanks, thanks very much. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Hopefully, maybe I'll have to make a trip up to Sudbury. You gotta come have a beer with me. Let's uh, Just... and let's do this again. This is fun. All right, awesome. Thanks, buddy. Okay, thanks, Trevor. Good night. Bye bye. Thank you very much.